I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Goals podcast. This is episode number 48 and I am your host Krati Mehra. And before we dive into today's episode, I want to thank you guys for all the love you've given to this podcast, for all your reviews, ratings, DMs and emails. I cherish each and every one of them uh, and please don't stop sharing your thoughts with me. If you enjoy an episode, please do leave a review on iTunes, share it on Instagram and tag me at mehra underscore Krati. And if there's ever something you're struggling with and I can help, please shoot me an email and I will definitely cover the concern in an episode, either myself or with an expert better suited to the subject. And uh, recently the show has witnessed a spike in listenership, which has me all the more motivated to create helpful, transformative content for your benefit. And uh, today's episode is going to be no different. Uh, But before that, Let's take a moment to note that we are almost done with 2021. And now I suppose all of us are getting ready to dive into the new year with perhaps a new set of goals and expectations, setting those pesky resolutions. Uh, Please don't do that. If you are someone who sets new year resolutions, uh, maybe you can make like a five-year plan or you can focus on how you want to feel in the coming year. Don't make New Year's resolutions because they tend to um, not be the most effective way to plan your year ahead. They simply put a lot of pressure and they're not exactly the most constructive way to proceed. If you want some guidance, um, there is an episode on how to leave behind all the disappointments and start the new year strong. And within this episode, I share a few things that you can do to start your new year on a more positive, on a more powerful note. I will make sure to share the link in the episode description. So as I said, some of us are probably planning for the year ahead, while some of us are agonizing over everything we couldn't achieve this year. So to all of those people, I want to say that the new year is meant to be a fresh start. Everything you couldn't accomplish this year can be done in the coming year. A new year is, after all, a clean slate, at least it's supposed to be. So don't go into 2022 with frustration, disappointments, or fear in your heart. Give it the happy start it deserves, and I promise you things will get better. And to help with that, in this episode, we are going to talk about forgiveness and how to go about forgiving those who may have hurt you, and in doing so, let go of unhealthy emotions so that you can truly give yourself the fresh start that each new year is supposed to be. Go into it with a lighter heart, a more open, loving soul, and with the true freedom to forge new relationships, start new ventures, and make sure there's space for all the love, laughter, and success waiting, just waiting for you to be ready and become capable of nurturing it. I honestly believe that sometimes we get what we deserve, but a lot of the times, and more often than not, we get what we are ready for and capable of handling. So go into the new year with a heart and mind ready to welcome only love and abundance. 
But none of that would be possible if you are constantly struggling with past memories of betrayal, resentment, or anger. Or worse, waiting for an apology that's never going to come. Which is not surprising because out of all the experiences, the ones most deeply embedded into our memory are those of betrayal. We forget a lot of things, but we never forget the hurt caused by a loved one or someone we trust. And sometimes the whole thing is made worse by the knowledge that somewhere we are responsible for what we suffer. Perhaps because of poor judgment, which leaves us feeling foolish, insecure, and to a certain degree emotionally crippled and incapable of trusting our own intelligence. Uh, And on the face of it, we may survive the consequent trauma, but we carry the resentment, anger, and pain almost like a living, breathing thing within us eating away at our self-confidence and our ability to feel joy. But what you need to know is that you may not realize it, but if you are holding on to anger against someone, you are causing physical, mental, and emotional harm to yourself. Most importantly, you're denying yourself all that you're capable of becoming if you would just shift your focus onto something positive and productive. So this episode is dedicated to helping you do just that, helping you let go of that unbearable weight so that you can be more prepared for the awesome opportunities that are waiting for you, for the love and friendships and success that's waiting for you. But first, just so we go into this discussion with a little bit more understanding, let's discuss why is it so hard for us to forgive. You see, nurturing resentment and anger can be quite addictive. Every time you recall the moment of anger, it triggers adrenaline in your body and fuels a series of negative emotions. And before you know it, you are reliving the whole incident all over again, keeping the pain intact and alive. The whole process, it gives you this energy high that's almost like the negative twin of euphoria with very similar sensations. So it becomes almost fun in a twisted way to keep revisiting those memories and discussing them to death with whatever sympathetic audience we can find. And at some point, instead of finding closure and moving on, you start obsessing over it and you keep the trauma alive almost as if you have grown attached to it, as if you won't know yourself without it. We love dragging out the past and talking about it over and over again without realizing that we are re-traumatizing ourselves. Instead of learning to trust again, we keep that wound open and miss out on incredible opportunities. Another reason why we struggle with forgiveness so much is that sometimes the harm that has been done to us is so huge and massive in its impact that it feels like a self-betrayal to even attempt forgiveness. It's especially true for victims of abuse and violence, children who grow up with negligent parents, because the sense of betrayal goes really, really deep. The sense of violation goes really deep. But in such cases, we need to understand that forgiving someone doesn't diminish your pain. It doesn't take away from what you've suffered. It's about not wanting to remain bound to something or someone who has already robbed you of so much. I mean, think about it. Isn't forgiveness and acceptance a more powerful move for you? You take back control from your abuser, from whoever has inflicted that harm on you. Also, there is a misconception that forgiveness means resumption of the relationship. If we are dealing with a friend or family member, just because you forgive them, it does not in any way 
mean that you have to resume your old relationship with them. Forgiveness is also difficult because we are wired to remember negative experiences more deeply than the positive ones. It's a survival tactic. It helps us avoid similar experiences in the future, trusting the wrong person, getting tricked into schemes meant to defraud us. And it is also what fuels the fight for justice. If it were that easy to forgive, there will be no court cases, no attempt to correct criminal tendencies and the society will simply go from bad to worse. But this is a perspective I want you to carry with you as you listen to the rest of this episode and as you uh, try to deal with your own grievances. You've experienced something that has left you hurt and in pain. But whether you choose to play the victim, the survivor, or the fighter is up to you. Hugging the hurt to your chest will make you a victim. Processing the hurt and moving on with your life makes you a survivor. But when you learn from the experience and grow with it and you choose to forgive the person who has caused you all this harm, it makes you a fighter. And let's be very clear here. None of these scenarios require you to declare your forgiveness or allow the person back into your life. Someone does something wrong and depending on its nature, they deserve to be punished. In certain circumstances, that punishment may call for the intervention of external parties, but in other cases, you can just leave things to karma and move on. As Les Brown said, forgive anyone who has caused you pain or harm. Keep in mind that forgiving is not for others. It is for you. Forgiving is not forgetting. It is remembering without anger. It frees up your power, heals your body, mind and spirit. Forgiveness opens up a pathway to a new place of peace where you can persist despite what has happened to you. So let's discuss a few things you can do to try and forgive the past and let go of all the negative emotions. Number one thing you can do is see this as an act of self-love. As I mentioned, some of us almost enjoy getting angry. Someone wrongs us, hurts us, and we start believing that we now have the right to remain pissed at them and we start to treat that as some sort of privilege. You stubbornly keep your pain alive and fail to see all the damage it does to your ability to love, find joy, and simply live a healthy life. For someone who doesn't matter to you, you willingly, negatively impact the lives of the people who do, which is insane, right? Which is crazy. So you need to first of all understand that forgiveness is an act of self-love. It is intended for your benefit. It is not to elevate you to saint-like stature. It's not to uh, accommodate any sort of higher spiritual concept. This is a very selfish act of self-love. This is meant to improve your life and your relationships. And to add to that, forgiveness is a load of health benefits. The act of forgiveness has a positive impact on our blood pressure, it lowers risk of heart failure, improves cholesterol levels, and mental health. Adults with grudges are more likely to experience depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. When we forgive and practice that forgiveness, it improves our health by lowering stress, anxiety, and anger. And apart from the health aspect, forgiveness may also bring you peace. It may give you a deeper understanding of your own psyche and an awareness of your strengths. So if there is something you're holding on to, I implore you to find an outlet. It will be the biggest act of self-love. The next thing I want you to do, once you understand that forgiveness is an act of self-love, I want you to sit with your emotions. 
Yoko Ono said, take forgiveness slowly. Don't blame yourself for being slow. Peace will come. When it comes to forgiveness, you cannot force the pace. Healing takes time. I am creating an episode on the subject, but I don't know who I am addressing here. I don't know what you've suffered. I have so many listeners and some of them could have gone through experiences that I cannot even begin to comprehend. So all of this advice that I'm sharing with you may help, but it would also depend a lot on what you've suffered. I do believe that regardless of what you've suffered, you can find forgiveness. If someone like Nelson Mandela can find it in himself to forgive the people who tortured him, people who made his life so, so difficult, who demeaned pieces of his identity, I have to believe that forgiveness is possible for all of us. When we admit that we want to forgive someone, we feel pressure to get to the other side of it. We may even judge ourselves for any lingering negative emotions, but that's, I think, very unfair because you have to remember that, yes, you should forgive for your own sake. It is definitely the healthier choice. But if you can't, it doesn't make you a bad person. It simply makes you human. So remember that and don't rush through the process. What's important is that we make progress towards a lighter soul and a mind clear of all vengefulness, bitterness, distrust that was engendered by that experience. So in the wake of a betrayal, uh, hurt, you need to sit with your emotions. Experience them in their entirety. Let them breathe. Because if you deny expressing your emotions when they are at their most raw and volatile, all you're going to achieve is a temporary reprieve. Eventually, it will all pile up. And someday when you're feeling vulnerable and your defenses are down, it will all come pouring out, leading to a breakdown that may take a lot longer for you to recover from. So do yourself a favor. Give yourself a judgment-free zone and just let your emotions out. Be it through tears, loud screams, maybe even through a few things. Just don't try to force the pace of your healing. You'll know when you're out of that stage of shock and almost overwhelming pain that follows in the wake of such incidents. I talk more on the subject about the consequences of emotional suppression and the process of sitting with negative emotions is in episode number 41, Five Key Steps to Handling Negative Emotions. Perhaps if you need further guidance on the subject, give that a whirl. The next step I advise is that you change the narrative. Whenever we share a story of our grievances, we paint ourselves as the victim. And every time you do that, you give away your power. You feed into your mental setup that you are not the arbiter of your own destiny. A message that's reinforced with every repetition of that story. And if you believe in manifestation, then you have to know the words that you speak, send messages into the universe, and those messages impact your life in an amplified way. So the stories that you repeat are going to shape your destiny, are going to shape your reality. So here's what you can do. You need to reframe that story. Focus on the lesson learned and the actions taken. Because all of that is a reminder that despite what has been done to you, you still hold the power to shape your life by choosing your response. Perhaps you decide to set firmer boundaries, say no more often, communicate with confidence, set up a better security system, hire people with better qualifications, check for references, depending on whatever it is that you've experienced. 
but any such step puts the power firmly back in your hands. So change the narrative and make it more empowering. Call it your Kensha moment, which is growth by pain, as described by Michael Beckwith. When pain enters our life, it prompts us to make a shift towards growth-oriented change. Instead of viewing the painful moments of your life emotionally, label them as Kensha moments. Learning by experience. Its intent was to help you grow. You get to learn and then you get to move on and know that you've come out of it stronger than before. So when you tell that story again, make sure the you in the story goes from being a victim to survivor to warrior. The next thing I would recommend here is that you establish boundaries and defense mechanisms. This is something that's very practical and I find this very useful. So as you try to forgive someone or yourself, do it by taking tangible steps. There is such a thing as emotional processing. You can journal, you can meditate on it, you can do a lot of things. But the thing that helps the most is if you take tangible steps because that feels very reassuring. Say you suffered something as traumatic as mugging. You are probably mad at the city. You're probably mad at yourself for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You're obviously mad at the person who did that to you. So here you can forgive yourself by putting in new security measures. Learn self-defense. Don't go home on your own or just take a different route in the future. What you're doing here is you are dissociating from the role of victim by ensuring that you'll never experience a similar trauma again. And it also lessens the anger at least uh, enough for you not to obsess over the incident. In the case of an emotional betrayal, adopt and reinforce better boundaries. The people I have forgiven will never have the sort of access to my emotions as they did before. And I will be considerably more careful with my trust in future. You can also use rituals to signify the closing of a painful chapter in your life like getting rid of anything that reminds you of a broken relationship, getting a new haircut, saying a prayer, cleansing your home, anything really that tells you that you're making a new start. Step number five, bring understanding and empathy into play. Often understanding the cause of the behavior can help heal the wound. Hurt people hurt people. Happy people don't go around inflicting pain on others, but miserable people lash out. Emotional and mental issues can lead us down dark paths. So when someone hurts you, take a moment and try to think about what this person may have experienced that has led to them treating others in this way. Take a moment and consider the fact that this person may have experienced similar treatment at the hands of a third person. And now you get to end the cycle. Instead of carrying around that pain or inflicting similar damage onto someone else, you get to now choose a better path. Show kindness, perhaps. Think about what personal burden this other person may be carrying that led them to behave in this manner. Perhaps you'll find your anger turning into empathy. Again, I would repeat what I shared earlier. Don't force the pace here. You get to feel the hurt. You get to feel the anger, the bitterness, and the pain. So take your time with your emotions. The next thing I would recommend is that if nothing else works, you can try and communicate the hurt and pain. Talking about it can be cathartic, but uh, make sure to choose someone who is not invested in the situation, or you might find yourself engaged in more of a gossip session, more of a um, bashing session than an intentional exercise aimed at closure. So you can talk to a professional, even like a coach or a therapist, that can be very helpful. And sharing the trauma with another person may also invite objectivity into what is uh, essentially a very, very emotional situation. 
this could help you reach a resolution or at least it might you know release some of the pain next thing i would recommend is that you do some focused exercises studies have shown that writing letters this this is my favorite i love writing letters when i'm in pain it's the one thing that really really helps me so I would definitely recommend that you try that. And studies have also shown that writing letters can aid the healing process in the wake of a trauma. There have been studies that have shown that writing with the non-dominant hand may temporarily suspend the analytical and judgmental part of your brain, letting the emotions flow freely. So I am right-handed, but when I'm feeling very, very angry, feeling highly emotional, I would write my letters with the left hand, which is not easy to do. But in doing so, I can't focus too much on being critical of whatever it is that's pouring out of me. Instead, I just allow myself to feel. And as I do that, when I'm done writing that like five, six pages worth of letter, I am, it's almost like I'm drained. I am drained dry of all that emotion. It's gone and I can finally breathe. This really works for me, guys. So if you ever find yourself, you know, almost ambushed by your emotions, try writing a letter. You can write a letter to God. You can write a letter to the person who has hurt you. You can write a letter to yourself, to your old self or to your future self. You can write a letter to Santa Claus. It doesn't matter. Okay, just just please try writing a letter or just journaling about it. That, that can also work. Another effective method is visualization. Another favorite of mine. Visualization can be done in a lot of ways, but if we are talking about forgiveness in particular, then I would recommend this little exercise. Go into a deep meditative state. You can sit on the floor, cross-legged, you can close your eyes, be as comfortable as you want to be, but not so comfortable that you fall asleep, right? So once you are comfortable, try and go into a deep meditative state. You can start by letting your thoughts roam freely. Don't try to control anything. Don't try to force anything. But once you feel you are fully relaxed, start by thinking about the person you want to forgive. And as soon as you think about this person, you're going to experience the anger and all the accompanying negative emotions. Once you feel all of that anger, visualize this person standing in front of you and try to understand why they wronged you. Try to imagine what may have led up to uh, their actions. Now try to feel empathy for them. Perhaps they had an unpleasant childhood. Perhaps they just were having the most awful year. Perhaps they had just been, they had just lost something in their life. Or perhaps they have never known kindness. It could be anything. Once you feel the shift in your emotions towards something more compassionate and empathetic, visualize yourself forgiving this person and embracing them with love. Prayer and meditation may also help. You can also maintain a gratitude journal. These are gradual processes that will over time perhaps take away some of that anger. Let's do a little recap here. I'm just going to quickly share with you the seven steps that I've recommended here. Number one was see forgiving as an act of self-love. Number two, sit with your emotions. Give them a judgment-free space. Experience them in their entirety, but don't try to force the pace of healing. Number three, change the narrative to something more empowering, something more focused on growth and recovery. Number four, establish boundaries and defense mechanisms so that you have something tangible to focus on, which would feel reassuring to you because you will be able to see for yourself 
that you are shifting away from the person that you used to be and the person that allowed you to suffer that awful experience. And by shifting away from that person, you are in a more secure, in a more safe, healthy place in life. Number five, bring understanding and empathy into play. That is empathy and understanding directed at the person that you're angry at. Number six, communicate the hurt and pain. Number seven, do some focused exercises like writing letters, journaling, visualization, prayer, meditation, or make a list of things you're grateful for. Lastly, I will just say that I am fully aware that certain encounters or experiences in our life are so extremely painful that it's almost impossible for an uninvolved party to understand. But at the same time, you must remember that there is nothing to be gained by holding on to anger, uh, resentment, or bitterness. The only thing that works is that you heal, recover, and focus on being a better person. You turn the whole thing into a learning experience. Forgive and let go of the heartache. Really, the world is too beautiful and life is too short to be anything but happy. And please do not go into the new year with any negative energy, with any negative memories cluttering up the space and making it impossible for you to build a better life. I wish you all the luck with this process and I will leave you with this beautiful quote from Adi El Sayed. People hurt each other, it happens to everyone intentionally, unintentionally, regretfully or not. It's a part of what we do as people. The beauty is that we have the ability to heal and forgive. And I hope that you make the right choice here. That's it for today. I will be sharing the resources mentioned during the episode in the episode description. If you want to dive into similar content, go to my website, pratimehra.com and there's a whole bunch of them for you to explore. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. Now, I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself.